welcome to the latest edition of No Cap. Uh, this is Soul. It's just me this week, going solo. The boys have given him the week off. Uh, I think best is still stuck at Charlie Staines' after party <laughs> after he scored four tries on the weekend on debut for the Panthers. And Tony, I think he's suffering from a bout of uh, shock <laughs> after the Broncos finally won their first game since March. So um, hopefully they recover. They should be back next week. In the meantime, let's get straight to it. Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs are the talk of the town this week after Dean Pay. The now former head coach quit on Tuesday. He was actually told he was no longer required beyond this year on Sunday. So he contemplated whether he should stay for, for the year on Monday and then came to the realisation on Tuesday that it wasn't worth it. Honestly, they weren't going anywhere with him. They haven't been uh, for a while now. And people don't see that. There's something wrong with you. Especially rival fans, by the way, who, you know... <laughs> If there's anyone that has a, a really good opinion on the Bulldogs, it's rival fans. No, they're claiming that he was hard done by. He wasn't given the proper resources. Uh, he delivered a crap sandwich from the board. He knew what he was walking into. He knew when he took the job what he was walking into. There's no secret about that. And the fact of the matter is, it was rubbish. As a Bulldogs fan, that was unacceptable. The play style of the team... Attitude, going to every week, like, we, you know, we never had a chance. That's rubbish. You know what's funny? All these rival fans, ask them one question. Would you take him? Would you take Dean Pay over your current coach right now? I guarantee you to know. Hell no. So don't, don't give me your opinions on it. What about the media? The media, they, they love creating narratives. They hit the coaches every time, you know. This is about results. The results-driven business is not good enough. But when they get sacked, it all changes. It all becomes a sob story from their side. They care all of a sudden. You know, the narrative is at the family club, the Bulldogs. It's all a sham. They tossed out one of their own. Do they realise that this guy walked out on the Bulldogs himself as a player? <laughs> yeah, back in 95, when we just won the comp. Him and took the three musketeers and they went off to Parramatta. Yeah, the Parramatta Eels. Imagine that. Imagine, can you ever imagine Stephen Gerrard leaving Liverpool going to Manchester United? Not in a million years. You know, Thierry Henry going to Tottenham. No way. That's unheard of. But he did it. He, he committed that sin. Regardless, it wasn't good enough. You know? The good players he had when he came in looked old under him, especially the current best backs in the game. Who are they? That's right, the Morris boys. They're killing it for the Roosters right now. When they were under him in 2018, they looked finished. They were done for. Shows you what a bit of good coaching does. You look at Clemmer. He took off. He saw the riding on the wall. He took off. And the other boys were forced out. You think they're complaining? Of course not. What about the players that debuted under him? The young players. They all started well, especially Lachlan Lewis. Has he improved since then? Not one young player under him that are playing on the dog side has improved under him in the last three years. This is not a this is not a two month thing. This isn't a just a this year thing. He's blooded a lot of young players. 
over the last couple of years. And they're not good enough. But that's under his watch. That's his responsibility. Isn't he a coach? Is he supposed to coach them? Or is he supposed to cry out for good players every two seconds? Have a look at the Roosters now. How many players are out for them? Did you see them complaining? Nothing's changed there. Still winning. The play style was rubbish. There's never a, there was never a game you thought, anyone thought that we had a chance in. Not one. The one game that we won this year against the Dragons, there was a story that came out that the players took over training that week. <laughs> and they confronted him after they won. And he just oh, he completely denied it in the most absurd, most awkward way. Like he had just been found out. <laughs> well, it looks like it was true. At the end of the day, it's a results-driven business. You know, I'm just glad the club made a decision and they can finally move forward because we missed out on a lot of off-contract talent. You know, moving on, I mean, the question is, who's going to be the next coach? Of course, Nathan Brown, Anthony Griffin, Jeff Tuvey, they've been named, but the one name, the one name that has been all over the media the last couple of days since Pay left is Trent Barrett. And the media all but confirmed that he's in if he wants it. He is the favourite. And again, it's funny, he's been trashed in the media. Oh, not so the media, but he's been trashed by rival fans. Especially those of his former team at Manly. And a lot of them seem to focus on the results that he endured over at Manly. And that he's only a solid assistant coach, that's it. They don't care about, you know, when it comes to this stuff, it's selective memory, isn't it? No one wants to go through all the facts. It's just selective memory. And that selective, the easiest thing to remember is results. I can't remember. I can't blame them, but that's not the whole story. No one realizes the circumstances that he went into as a first-time head coach. So he had just come from Penrith, where he was probably going to take over that head coaching role over there. But he thought this was a good opportunity. A team kind of evolving and bringing in young talent. In the three years he was there, he had to deal with salary cap drama, assistant coaches punching out at a pub, his playmakers, you know, remember DC and Hastings coming to blows at a, at a strip club or whatever the hell that was, and that creating a, a split in the team. I mean, that's just a few of the things that he had to endure over there. And not one person above him at board level had the guts or leadership to come out and help him out and handle the situations. Not once. He had to do with all that plus coaching the team. Tell me which other young head coach had to cop that. Because I can't remember any. He got was betrayed by his own board. <laughs> that told him, you do all that. No, no, you're not only coaching the team. No, no you, you, you're going to you know, babysit the coaches. You know, babysit, bro, it's ridiculous to expect that of someone coming into their first time as a head coach. Oh, not to mention the facilities and infrastructure over there. Below level. They still are at below level. Now, it's one thing to say, oh, well, Des Hasler came in and he had no trouble. They, they took him to the finals his first year. Yeah, well... You idiot. He's been there since he was in his 20s. He's embedded in that culture. He loves it. He's used to it. That's what he thrives on. Not a young coach come in from a multi-million dollar setup at Penrith and told to make do with what we've got. 
He didn't even ask for anything major. He just asked for upgrades and certain things. Not for his sake, for the players' sake. So he could get the best out of the players. I mean, it's a miracle he got them to the finals at least once. One out of the three years, 2017. And people say, oh, well, what about his coaching? What about the results? Well, you, do you think that when he came to Manly that the Trebojevic brothers, Adam Fenor, Blake, Marty Tapel, or Curtis Sirenen, for instance, were the players they are today? They weren't. A lot of them were discards. Some were just coming into grade. And especially the Trebojevic brothers, they became origin players under him, Australian players under him. Adam Fenor Black became an international. Marty Tapao became a, an international. Curtis Sirenen is nearly there. And let's not forget what he's doing at Penrith as well. I mean, they have the second best attack behind the Roosters this year so far. And that's all he's doing, Trent Barrett. That is, that's got all his fingerprints over it. So, you know, do I think he's the saviour for the dogs? No. But do I think he's a much better option than Dean Pay? Of course, it's not even a question. So, apparently it's up to him, and I hope he takes a job. But let's be real. Until the Leagues Club board at the Bulldogs and the Football Club board are on the same, on the same page, there's not going to be no drastic positive change for the club in the future. They need to sort that out. Because you cannot handicap him again. Because you're just wasting his time. And that's what he needs assurance from. Is that the off-field drama, he doesn't have to focus on it. I think the Bulldogs do a decent job at that. But they can't they can't betray him like Manly did. That's just my thoughts. Let's move on. The Raiders and Seagulls have copped a really crappy end of the casualty award. I mean, you look at Manly's... Outs right now. Dylan Walker's out. Tom Trebojevic's out. <coughs> Manasse Fainu's out. Adam Fennell Blake's out. Albert Hopewadi's out. I mean, that's three of their spine out. <laughs> who, who who would challenge if they had to endure that? I mean, it's going to be a tough road for them to come back from. And what about the Raiders? I mean, they're, they're ten times worse. Josh Hodgson's been confirmed he's out for the season. Bailey Simonson's out for the season after the weekend. Say Soliola's out till the finals. Emre Gula's out. Corey Horsbrad. John Bateman's still out. Curtis Scott's still out. I mean, at full strength, these teams are premiership contenders. No doubt. But at this rate, you know, with the way the season's set up, it's only 20 rounds and we're already nearly halfway there. I'll find it tough to see them making an impact this season. I don't think they can. I think it's going to be very hard for them to make a case. I think it's honestly now... The Roosters, the Storm, the Panthers, and the Eels. I think they're the, um, the clear front runners. But, I mean, if by some miracle, if the Seagulls get those players back, then they're going to be very dangerous. But I don't see that happening. they got South still. They had a decent win. But they're not really convincing either. So, the contenders have dwindled down to those four, I think. Penrith, Storm... Roosters and Para, take your pick. Let's move on to this week's games, and there's certainly some big clashes coming up. I'll start off with the Roosters and Raiders, the grand final rematch. I think Ricky Stewart was asked during the week that um, if he'd want to do you know a flashback or or watch the game again, and he told <laughs> he told whoever asked him to piss off. He wasn't having it. 
I think at full strength, the Raiders would be a really big chance against the Roosters, but I think the, the injuries are too overwhelming for them. I think the Roosters will get them, but it'll be close still. I think the Canberra Raiders are still fighting. They're still fighting hard, but I just don't think they'll be good enough. Friday night, the Storm take on the Titans. <laughs> I think the Storm's got them there. Um, after that, Friday night, West Tigers, Broncos. Very interesting game. Of course, the big news is uh, Brooks has been dropped from the squad. He's, and he's going with, of course, Josh Reynolds, I think, is suspended. He's going with Benji and Billy Walters in the halves. So it's an interesting take there from Madge. He's still going with that same line. He's not accepting mediocrity. Benji, the way he handled it, was very professional, but it's going to be interesting to see how Brooksy uh, handles that. Uh, Broncos got their first win, albeit against the Dogs. But it gives them a bit of confidence. It's going to be a very interesting game. It's going to be very close. Uh, this is a toss of the coin. I think I'll go with the Broncos. I think they can get them. Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock, the Dragons, Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, obviously, no Dean Pay. That's their big loss. Lachlan Lewis comes back into the team there. And the Dragons putting a bit of a run together, getting a bit of, bit of confidence out of their last couple of victories. And it's probably perfect timing for them to continue that run. They'll easily account for the Dogs this weekend. Saturday, 5.30. Could be match of the round. I think it is match of the round. Rabbitohs, Knights. Funny thing is, Rabbitohs haven't been convincing, but they've been getting the wins. The Knights haven't been convincing, and they've been very inconsistent. Win-loss, win-loss. I think something's got to give there. There's going to be a big performance coming. I think we're waiting for Carlin Ponga to, to re- really rip in there. Of course, the Rabbitohs lose Latrell after what happened last week with uh, Josh Reynolds defending his teammate, who, by the way... Campbell Graham, who got kicked by Josh Reynolds, is out for a few weeks with a facial fracture from that incident. So, you be the judge there. Surely the Knights can win. Surely the Knights can put some points together. That would be a very point attack. Their defence is really good, but attacking-wise, man, they've been a basket case. Saturday night, Seagulls-Eels. Another interesting match again at full strength, but the Seagulls are clearly not at full strength. Parramatta were poor last week. They got the win. People saying, oh, you know, it's a big thing when you, you win and you're playing bad. Yeah, but they they won because of a, a cheap shot from Gutho. You know, I said it, it's a cheap shot. The hell was that quick tap against the, against the Knights? He playing under sixes. Parramatta should win this easily. Uh, unfortunately, Seagulls, they might put up a fight here, but yeah, they don't have the class, I don't think. Another interesting match, Sunday afternoon, 2 o'clock. First two o'clock game in a while. Warriors Sharks. Man, this is this is interesting. Sharks were terrible last week. But this is like the perfect game for them to rebound. And the Warriors, they were poor against the Titans. They should have won that game easily. They didn't put it away at all. This is a toss of the coin again. I think the Sharks can win this. It's going to be a really poor game. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be worth watching. And the last game of the round, Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, Panthers-Cowboys at Penrith. I think it's the first home game at Penrith for the Panthers since the start of the season. I think the Panthers are going to smash them. The Cowboys are all out of sorts. They're, they're, they're terrible right now. And if you want to be a betting man, I think I said Paul Green might be next after Stephen Kearney. I was wrong there, but surely if they don't get a decent result, not even not even a win, but just 
at least compete here. I don't see Paul Green staying too long. But then again, there's been reports saying that <laughs> he's due to stay. So yeah, I don't I don't see that I don't see a miracle happening. Panthers they're on a, they're flying right now. The only thing that could derail them is Trent Barrett leaving mid year, but apparently he's clearly said he wants to stay for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's about it. So um yeah, it's a quick podcast. Um I hope you enjoyed it. I don't want to bore you too long. But uh, enjoy this weekend footy and um, I hope to be back with the boys next week. Thanks for listening.